Um, an example I want to share with you is uh, I want you to envision this individual standing on a cliff looking forward into brightness of the sun, squinting their eyes. Not hard to imagine, right? But I want you to envision them squinting with their eyes and really struggling to see with a hat on their head, flipped backwards, and shades clipped on their shirt. And they're just trying so hard to see. They have the tools they need to see a little better, don't they? You know, they can do this. Actually, they even have their hand up. They're just squinting and looking hard. They could do this. They could put their cap on. They could put their sunglasses on, squint a little harder. But they have everything that they need in order to see clearly and to see further. All right? Envision that. The reading of today's, uh, or today's passage is from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, or excuse me, 3 through 11. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. And I hope it's okay that I read from the ESV. Hopefully I won't be rebuked. Um, but let's read uh, God's word. And then we'll have a word of prayer. Starting in verse 3, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption corruption that is in the world because of sinful nature. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with the brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Verse 8, for if these qualities are, in, are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an, an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, your word is everything that we need and all we need. Help us receive your word and understand it so that we can better live it out, Lord God. We want to live in response to your glory, in response to your sacrifice on the cross. Jesus, now we pray. Amen. We might as well leave because the word preaches on its own. Amen. So, verses 3 through 4, I'm going to break this up into small sections, okay? So that we can better understand, so I can better um, clarify. Verses 3 and 4, what it's speaking of here is that God is the source. Who's your source today? I'm always the first to, to throw my hand up and say, sometimes I'm not looking to God for the source, as a source. Sometimes we can get distracted in this life. Sometimes we, we, um, 
look to our job as a source because that is a source of financial stability for you, your family, food, clothes, transportation, all that stuff. That is a source for your life. Sometimes we look to another individual to be the source of our life, which can only last so long, right? Um, I shared this on Wednesday. And Pastor David often shares is that if we put our hope in a person, that hope is only going to last so long as the person does, right? Or until they fail, because we're all going to fail each other, right? But I urge you this morning to let's look to God as our source, amen? And it says it here in verse 3. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. His divine power. Not, not mine. That's not divine. Not yours, but God's divine power. And it says this, granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Again, let's think of parents for an instance. And I want you to... Uh, Think of how God responds to us and what he gives us. Parents in the room, you want to give your all for your children. Am I wrong? No. That's true. You want to give everything to your children, everything to your grandchildren, even more, right? They're even more special. Um, But you want to give them everything. If they need clothes, you're like, I'll do whatever it takes. You need food, here it is. I'll wake up early and make you breakfast. You want to do everything you can for your children. Right? You want to give them all you have, and you want to give them full access to what you have. And this is funny, but I go home. I went home uh, uh, about mm, two weeks ago, home as in North Carolina, temporary home. Uh, my mom, I won't go there. It's a long story. But um, my parents are moving up to New Jersey, but they still have a house uh, in North Carolina. So I went to go visit uh, my girlfriend and I, Angela, went to go visit my mom. And even when I'm home, I know that that is my home. I know I can do what I want, you know, when I want to. That is, use that, eat this. But I still tend to ask, hey, mom, can I take a shower? Are you dumb? (laughs) Yes, please go take a shower, you know? Or like, mom, do you mind if I make some food? What? I already made food. I always tend to ask. I don't know what crosses my mind, but my mom has given full access. My dad has given me full access to whatever I want. Sometimes I might be timid, sometimes I'm not. But I still try to, for some reason, ask, right? My mom's like, stop, just just go and take it, just do whatever you want, right? And that's the same way God is with us, is that he he wants to give us all things. But guess what? He already has given us all things in Christ, amen? But even more, add to it. He wants to add to it. And what you don't know already about what God has given you, he wants to reveal to you so you may understand what he's already given to you. Amen? God wants to give us what is his. We serve a God that is not selfish. He is not. If he were, he wouldn't have sent his son to die on the cross for us. Amen? But he did. That being said, he wants to give us everything. He does not want to hold back not an ounce of his divine nature not an ounce of his glory. He wants us to experience glory on earth as well as when our time comes. Amen? So, it says something about promises in verse 4. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises 
so that through them you may become partakers of divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful nature, by which he has granted to us precious and very great promises. What promises is he talking about? I mean, there's a list. We can be here all day talking about his promises. But specifically, the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was on earth and left, ascended into heaven, he left a gift, a counselor, a comforter, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that lives in those that the Holy Spirit lives in the lives of those who have given their life to Christ. Amen. So that is a great promise of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will have the Holy Spirit residing in us to where we can outwardly, effectively work out our faith in glory of Jesus. Amen. And a lot of times we forget about this promise. You know, I'm sure if I were to ask people to raise their hand, there's a, there's a good amount of us that like to, to uh, do things on our own strength. And it's kind of cool to do things on your own strength because you're like, I don't need anybody. I just need me. And to a certain extent, that's cool, right? But you're going to run yourself empty if you rely on your own strength. Your strength might end as soon as you get up from bed. That's all I had today. But what happens when you need strength to go to work and continue to show love, maybe to a boss that isn't so kind, or maybe show love to people that really don't seem to care about you, or continue to have that strength to wake your children up in the morning and deal with their crankiness? I know I was cranky as a kid. You know, the strength to continue through the day. And even more deeper, you need strength to continue walking righteously. Being faithful to God is costly. It takes effort. This isn't like some bloop and you're just walking in holiness, right? You got to like go through the, the toll. You got to work it out. Amen. Oftentimes we don't result and we don't remember God's promise of the Holy Spirit living in us. And I'll tell you, if you... Remind yourself on the daily and study God's word on the Holy Spirit and the work that he can do in you. Transformation. Your life will be completely different. Continuing forth. It says in the second part of verse 4, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful nature. Excuse me, before that. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Again, Verse 3, his divine power has granted to us, verse 4, so that, you, so that through them you may become partakers of divine nature. It's through his divine nature that he wants us to experience his divine nature so you can live in his divine nature. It's like some math equation. I dislike math strongly. But when it comes to scripture, it's kind of cool, right? Clap for that. <laughs> but it's simply, it's simply said, God wants us to experience him. In life richly in him. Cool. What does it mean by being rich? It means by emulating, being an example, looking like, resembling Christ. Amen? And it's like, okay, well, why do I need to resemble Christ? For what? So that we can actively live out our faith. Amen? If we know what Christ did on the cross, and we believe in that, we are now called to live it out and resemble Christ. Right? And as we do that, as we toil and work through and put forth our best effort, and then God is blessing us, the Holy Spirit's working in us, we're transforming, we can experience divine nature, God's divine nature. Verse 5 through 7 is the next section. 
sorry, the first section, three, three and four, is called God is a source. From him we get everything. Verses five through seven is actively pursue growth in Christ. Actively pursue growth in Christ. Verses five through seven. For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness. These are getting harder, you know, as I'm reading them, they're just getting more difficult. Like, oh, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Love caps it off as a cherry on top. Now, grow in these qualities, and I'm not saying just make up your mind and you know, it's going to happen, but it takes time, it takes effort. A musical artist says always in his music that faith is costly. It's not something that you just believe in everything comes to be in your life and you simply walk righteously all of a sudden. But God is going to work in your life through the Holy Spirit, through his divine power and nature to mold you into who he wants you to be. And we all know who that looks like, right? Christ. So when things get tough and you're like, well, I don't really feel too godly today, praise God for that because guess what? Through that, you're going to grow into the image of Christ, amen? And a lot of times it's hard for me to remember that. In the middle of a trial, in the middle of a, a dysfunction, a, a disagreement or whatever, I tend to sometimes forget that it is through the hard times that you're molded into the person that God wants you to be. There is this... Um, uh, I was in an intensive class at Liberty, which is just, you take a class within a week. It's super difficult. Um, but there's this young lady there that shared these few words. And we're, it was a counseling class, and we were sharing, you know, what struggles we might have or what, what hard times we've come across in our lives. And she was sharing that a person in her life, very, in her immediate family, was um, bipolar, Okay. And this caused a lot of turmoil in the family, you can only imagine, right? And it caused a lot of turmoil in her heart and a lot of bitterness, right? And she used to see it as a curse. Like, you know, everything's good, and the second, you know, the person changes from one attitude to the next, family functions just destroyed. It's just, it wouldn't work out, no one wants to talk to each other. It just caused her to become bitter towards that person because they can never have a good time, right? Or their relationship was very, it had a lot of tension. But this blew my mind. She says, I used to see it as a curse. And ask God, why is this happening to me? Someone I love so much, I know they have a, you know, uh, 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 they have bipolar disorder. But even through that, like, it, it's painful. I don't understand why I'm caused, or, or why God has called me to deal with this. Or like, I just want it to go away, heal her of her, um, Disorder, right? But she saw it as a blessing over time because she realized that that person in her life was causing her to grow closer to God and rely on God's strength and God as a source, not herself. Can you only imagine in the struggles that we have day to day if we were to switch from them seeing them as a curse or an issue to seeing them as a godly chisel in our life, chiseling away at maybe things we have to change, or, or if we are seeing from a curse to a blessing. 
or begin to do that. Imagine what God can do in each one of us and transform our lives and our hearts if we were to see that change and just see things differently. A lot of the times people like to stay away from the word perspective. Well, it's on your perspective, right? But that's a, a pure example of what it is to change your perspective and, re, and not change the reality. She can't do that. The reality stays the same, but her perspective changes from seeing it as a curse to a blessing. And she saw it as something that urged her forward to grow forth in her faith in Christ. Amen. Now, the hard part. These qualities or characteristics. Oh, boy. Here we go. This was, a, this was a convicting part this week. It goes through me first, right? But before I get there, I want to say this. If you are not growing and changing, it is because you are not seeking. If you are not growing and changing, it is because you are not seeking. And again, I'm always the one to say, this is me. Oftentimes I find myself in a ditch, and maybe you have too, of just life's kind of like staying still right now. I don't feel like I'm getting worse. I don't feel like I'm getting better. I'm just kind of maybe going through the motions, right? But I would urge you, if you're there now or have been, remember that once you start seeking God, God's going to start to work. But the moment we stop seeking God, we just kind of feel like we're kind of floating in still water, right? We're just kind of there. We're not actively going forward. So if you are not growing and changing, it is because you might not be seeking God. Amen? So, back to these qualities. This is a hard part, guys. This is not, you know, the word is convicting, right? For this reason, make every effort, in verse 5, to supplement your faith with virtue. Virtue, let's stop there. Strength and courage. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith the decision to believe in Christ with strength and courage. All right? In virtue, what do you add on top of that? Again, this is like a math equation. On top of faith, virtue. Virtue, knowledge. Knowledge of what? Of Jesus Christ. Can you actively pursue a God that you know nothing about? Can you actively have a conversation with someone that you know nothing about? But guess what? When you start to talk to them, hey, what's your name? How you doing? This and that. Cool. Where do you work? All right. Awesome. Where'd you grow up? You know about this person, right? Same thing with God. The more you read his word and get to know him, knowledge is, you grow closer to Christ, right? But you get to know him. Knowledge comes to your mind, right? And to your heart. So you can't have faith in God without having knowledge of God. And how do you get knowledge of God? His word. Math keeps coming back to my mind. I think it's a curse. Oh, I failed it once, by the way. Confession. Um, and also, virtue with knowledge. Again, add on to that. Knowledge with self-control. It's like we're climbing a mountain here. It's getting more difficult. Or something that maybe, yeah, that sounds a little hard. Self-control. That's in two aspects. Self-control. Self-control in your own life when it comes to uh, giving into the flesh, you need self-control to overcome that, right? In Christ. But also self-control when it comes to responding to people and, and, and what we say and what we do. 
right? Fleshly desires and physical outward desires, meaning um, what you do and then how you sin. Self-control in both aspects. Moving forward. Steadfastness. Patience. This is hard, guys. And remember, those that were here last time um, that I preached, I touched a lot on patience and and just steadfastness and long-suffering. And again, how much more patience can we have towards other people if we were to constantly remember the patience and the long-suffering Christ had for us, right? That hits the heart, pierces it, right? How much more patience can we have with each other if we were to remember the patience and steadfastness that Christ had for us? Steadfastness plus godliness. Plus godliness. You would think that these would be in a different order, but they're in this order for a particular reason. Is that one builds on the other. It starts with faith, and faith, and now we're at godliness. To look and be renewed by God. To be transformed by God. To look like his son, Jesus Christ. And on top of godliness, brotherly affection, sisterly affection, family affection, friendly affection. Is that without, you can't proper, properly show affection to someone in the proper way, in a godly way, if you don't have the ones that, the qualities that, uh, came before that, right? How can you properly love someone? How can I properly love someone without knowledge of God who saved me, without self-control, not to treat them the wrong way, or patience with that person, or godliness resembling Christ in my relationships or in your relationships? How can we properly, properly love each other with proper affection? Mm. Amen. And then uh, brotherly affection, the cherry on top, guys, is love. And I'm not talking about the way the world sees it. It's like, God is love, accepting of everything, no matter what you do, he loves you. That's true, but they say it in a way that's live in your sin, stay in your sin, God loves you. No, no, no. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He accepts you the way you are, but doesn't want to leave you the way you are, Amen. And that's the hope we have in Christ. With love. Though the way the Bible shares the love of Christ is in his sacrifice and the love of God just residing in believers through the Holy Spirit and helping us transform into the person that they the person that God wants us to be. Not on our own, but with the strength of God, divine power, divine nature, so that we can experience divine nature. Following that, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This might have been the hardest part. I'm sorry. I I might have just uh, not told you the truth earlier, but this is the hardest verse. I said the other one about steadfastness was hard. Maybe this one is, right? For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Family, let's actively work out our faith. Actively pursue God. If we disconnect ourselves from God, then you and I are sitting in in the wrong chair 
We're sitting in the wrong chair in a car that's not moving, right? We're just sitting there not doing anything. But let's constantly pursue God. How do we do that? Some of uh, those that might be young students might ask, well, how do you actively pursue your faith? Grab, if you don't know how, grab someone alongside of you and say, hey, help me. But the way you do that is by being here this morning, hearing the word of God, coming on Wednesday night Bible study, doing your own study at home, reading the word. And I always say this, quality over quantity to those that might not know. Try to get a verse or two. Get that down. Try to understand it. Ask someone to explain it to you. Get that one or two verses. Don't try to bombard your mind with the whole passage. And if you can, and if you study the word, do that. But for those that are new in your faith, get a verse or two and work through that. I would say work through the Proverbs because it's very practical. You'll say, oh, wow, that's very true. So let's actively work out our faith. Amen? In verse 10, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Work out your faith and you will never fall. Fall in what sense, Jacob? Fall in what sense? Apostasy. You'll never deny the faith. If you work these out, you'll work it out so much. And I'm not saying this is not a message about good works. This is not a message about work your way up to being godly. No, no, no. But the way that you become godly is God works through you reading the word, spending time in prayer, worshiping, being before uh, others in fellowship, coming to church, all these things, right? Silence and solitude is often good, too, to just hear from God. This is not a message about good works, but it is a message about actively pursuing God. Because when we actively make ourselves available, he responds to us and fills, fills us with his divine power. How could it be that if we were to respond with openness, open arms to God and say, Lord, whatever you want from me today, whatever you want from me of my life, of my family, of my marriage, of my friendships, of my job, it wouldn't make sense if God was like, nah, right? He's a loving God, a merciful God. He wants to work in the lives of those that trust in him. So when you do that, when you open your life up to him, he responds by filling you. Amen? And today we have the opportunity to respond with open arms to Christ and say, Lord, be the Lord of my life. Lord, change me. Make me into the person you want me to be. Because, if we, again, if we rely on our own strength, we're not the source. We're going to run out. If we rely on God as our strength, we'll become the people that he wants us to be in a, in a church that is honorable to Christ. Amen? Here in Rocky Mount. Verse 11, for in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Guys, we've got we to gotta think more about eternity. We have to think more about eternity. If the choices that you make on the daily, if the choices that I make on the daily are not affected by the thought that this, is gonna, this might deter me from having eternal life in Christ, there's something wrong. Every move you make Every choice you make, every decision you make, every word that leaves your mouth, if it is godly, if you are actively pursuing God and you're diligent in these things, we have a promise that we can believe in and we can trust in. 
for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Guys, I often say this, and I'll say it again. Maybe not to you, I say it to the youth. This isn't a game. You know, this is joyful. We, we have joy in the Lord, but also we have to look forward to eternity and let that be a reminder to us all, even myself, that every day we're looking towards eternity, but every choice we make, we make it in light of eternity. Amen? What a joy it is to um, preach God's word. What a joy it is to, uh, to have this run, run over me this week. Jeez, I'm telling the truth. It's been crazy, but the Lord has worked, and I hope he's working in your heart as well. Amen? This is the reading of the word. I didn't even have to speak anything. If we were to just read God's word, that's enough, right? But oftentimes we just need a little clarification. In the Old Testament, prophets, priests used to stand up and just read for hours, six hours of the day from the sun, from the point that the sun came up to the point that the sun came down. But sometimes we need some clarification. So let this be a word and encouragement to us all, myself included, that let's actively pursue our faith. Amen? And if there's someone here that's never encountered Christ as their Savior, um, during this closing song, I'll be down front. Please feel free to, to grab me and let us say a word of prayer and, and so that you may accept Christ into your heart, believe in his sacrifice, and confess your sins, that you may be redeemed and have that hope and reward that we're all looking forward to, eternal life in Christ. Amen? What an encouragement it is to be before you. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, God, thank you for your word. God, it is sufficient for us. It's enough. It's all we need, God. Thank you. Lord, be with us this week and convict us to actively pursue our faith, God. We don't want to sit still. We want to pursue you with wholeheartedness, Lord God. But help us, God. This life is hard. This life is difficult. We, we come across trials and tribulations. And sometimes just people are hard to deal with, God. Oftentimes it's just people. But Lord, let us not look to others. Let us look to our own hearts. And Lord, may you change us, God. May you reveal to us what we need to do in order to actively live out our faith in hope and in light of eternity, God. Lord, we love you, and we ask you to be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen.